Hello and welcome to the Rock Your Voice podcast. Vocal coaching tips that will transform your voice, interviews that will inspire, industry guidance, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Ah! <laughs> How are you, Emma? Oh my goodness, I'm good. How are you? It's so nice to see you. It's so good to see you too. And it's so lovely to see you in your element. I was going to wear my green card shirt, but I don't think I can fit into it these days, but I have kept hold of it. That is like part, uh, part of my history that I'm never letting go. <laughs> you know what? And it was just, it was so much fun. Uh, just so much fun to green card you. You're, you're one of my favorite new Canadians. Okay. So I walked into a radio station. I didn't have my, uh, green card per se <laughs> and so I literally walked into a radio station and I was like can I volunteer I want to learn about working in radio and I think uh John Bowden at the time literally just sat me next to you and was like watch him do this <laughs> and that's kind of how I met Jonathan I was like suddenly I went from coming literally off the street and then was sat next to Jonathan in the booth while he's on air doing the drive show that was fabulous what I remember about it is just the fact that uh that you came in, you had no inhibitions, and you were just like, all right, let's play. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's the type of energy that I love collaborating with. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, we didn't know what we were doing, but uh, what right. nobody told you, it was only a couple months beforehand that they threw me in that, uh, <laughs> uh, that situation. <laughs> I, I applied for the job on, uh, on a recommendation and I had voiced some commercials and that type of thing, but uh, John Bowden took a real big chance uh, yeah. on me and I can remember going in there. It, it was my first radio job and I got the, uh, the, the drive home show, so right? Good. And so, so I can remember him sitting in there uh, kind of giving me a little bit of prep and just being like, yeah, so you're going to be, uh, you're going to be on, here's the countdown clock, here's the whatever, right, and press this button and whatever. There was no real training. Yeah. And then I can remember he had to take a phone call <laughs> as, as the countdown was going. <laughs> I can remember him leaving the room and me going, I have 40 seconds till I'm off. Oh my you gosh. Know? And then it's just like, all right, here goes. And from then it was just, it was, you know, into the deep end. Uh, and so we, uh, we took you with us into the deep end and, uh, right. and had a, a blast. Oh, and I will so say, good. you could tell Emma from the get go that you just have this spark. Aww. And I, it's been so nice to be able to play with it in studio. And then, you know, we, we worked together on trying to build, uh, you know, some, some new voices and, uh, and new hosting personalities for the new radio station coming mm. in and, uh, you know, went our separate ways after that. But uh, watching you grow all of this has been uh, a real treat. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I, I, I would bet money that that's the John Bowden technique and that phone call was not real. I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Let's just chuck them in and see what they can do. Absolutely. You know, I think we're all better for it. Because yeah. That's, that's some real, real life training, isn't it? Totally, totally. So, so okay. We've we've been on this this wild journey, and and we were so lucky to to meet each other and work together. And but I want to talk about. Yeah. Your like your journey with voice as well. So you've got your voice, uh, your radio speaking voice. Of course, you've got the heebie-jeebies singing voice. How are the guys, by the way? They're doing well, thanks. Good. And Good. Uh, you have to know, I think uh, 
I don't know if you remember, you, you voiced the part of our nurse when yes. we had our, our surgical strike thing. So I think that still comes up every now and then. I love uh, you're it. Nurse Emma to the guys. So I they all say hi. And, uh, yeah, we're doing really well. Actually, um, we just hit our 27th anniversary. Stop. Which is crazy. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking down the barrel of a, of a really interesting Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's your time, right? Yeah, so we've, we've released five Christmas albums, and I, I've yet to confirm with Guinness as to uh, whether that's a record or not. Right. But uh, it's a significant component to what we do. Yeah. And, um, you know, not having live performances uh, at this time is, uh, is a huge thing. So we're mm-hmm. trying to find ways to, uh, to see if we can get something together, stream some stuff, yeah. make sure that our music is heard on radio stations, and, and uh, you know, keep that up and keep spreading those smiles. Yeah, because your Christmas special is always such a big thing. So you're planning, there's maybe something happening online. For yeah, Christmas. you know what, and I'll, I'll let you know. I mean, really and truly, there's a, there's a couple of opportunities. Uh, and again, we're under, we're under some new restrictions, yeah, yeah. especially with singers. That's a, that's a tough thing. I was on a call last week with Alberta Health Services, um, and the difficulty is, you know, up until that point you could run a spin class and breathe on each other but the minute you have one singer in a room uh, everything gets gets shut down yeah. and i uh, the worst part is they didn't really have an answer for that i yeah. think um, everyone's being a little bit random with with what that is and uh, i think it's just because nobody knows uh, the best way forward yeah so yeah. it's it's much like the john bowden technique we're all in the <laughs> in in deep water we're uh, finding our own way i can't wait for him to listen to this. absolutely and you know what i haven't talked to john in a couple of years either but again you know we were talking uh prior to this about social media and it's uh you know it's blessings and curses it's been nice to see how he's doing so well and his family seems to be doing so well but again we ha- we haven't chatted in a couple of years mm-hmm. and same thing with hal gardner who is uh, oh, I love our, hal. uh our wonderful uh news anchor yes. and uh, every year you know his birthday goes by and yes. we keep going hey we gotta get some lunch at some point totally i don't golf enough for him i know right right i've got to brush up my game before i can reach out <laughs> Now, that would be a fun afternoon. You, me, Tony, and Hal on the golf course. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and John Bowden doing <laughs> random things in the background. I was going to say, that's a reality TV show. Yes. <laughs> so, how did you discover your love for a cappella singing? How did you get into singing? You know what? I, I sort of fell into it. I um, Early on, I... Um, you know, I guess my parents figured out that I was uh, a little bit musical mm-hmm. and they put me in uh, the Calgary Boys Choir. Okay. So I was in a boys choir when I was about seven or eight, right. uh, you know, and I was uh, touring with them when I was nine. I did a tour Amazing. with them playing Oliver Twist when I was nine. And uh, that was a three week tour. And looking back on it and having a nine year old myself now, there's no way I'd send her out uh, yeah. on a three week tour. So my parents must have had some gumption that way. Anyway, uh, so I've, I've kind of been on stage ever since. Amazing. And uh, that's kind of worked its way into, you know, doing a lot of choral work, mm-hmm. uh, which has been great, but also doing, um, you know, just wanting to have a, wanting to have a band. And yeah. uh, why, do you, why do you have a band? I mean, you have a band to get dates, <laughs> right? Well, so you struck we always... gold, man. You've struck gold, I have to say. 
<laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, it certainly worked out in the end. Uh, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I, otherwise, you know, if looking back, I was going to say acapella guys don't necessarily get the dates that uh, the other band. <laughs> yes, your, your wife's a bit of an anomaly in that sense. Absolutely. Yeah, she, she almost denies the fact that I'm part of an acapella group. Oh, <laughs> I love that. No, it's uh, it, it's great, and you know the nice thing is, I think she's appreciated more so than uh, than anything that mm-hmm. uh, that we've transitioned into. You know, not having these aspirations of uh, or delusions of grandeur in all of this, <laughs> but becoming just a you know a community service. Yeah, uh, we've gone from just kind of trying to you know do the music to how can we have this music bring people together, make people feel good, and uh, you know, hopefully benefit other causes too. Right, and you really are part of the Calgary community. There isn't like, from the Stampede to Christmas at the Jube and all of these things, it's like, if the heebie-jeebies aren't there, something's up. You know, I, I, I always say it, uh, you know, I feel we're, we're kind of like the city's Batman. Yeah, When the yeah, bat yeah. signal goes up, we come running. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So that must have been really huge for you to have been in the boys choir for training your ear for all of the harmony side of things. Because I'll, I'll have adult students who come to me and they're like, harmony just like blows their minds. Like they yeah. cannot get their heads around it. And it's a really challenging thing. But when you're thrown into it, like the Bowden technique at age seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, and as you said, early exposure is, yeah. uh, is yeah. really good because, you know, I can remember... Um, my so my dad is pretty musical and he he had a band in uh, university awesome. and stuff and they were part of that whole hootenanny craze i know your dad's incredibly musical yes, you know what i mean yes. and when and when you have that growing up yeah you know it's not out of the ordinary to sing along right right um you know what i mean so so singing was never foreign yeah. in uh, in our our world like we'd we'd all go up to our family cabin and um you know after the barbecue out would come the guitars Perfect. and uh you know we'd be we'd be playing tunes yeah. and it'd be you know some beatles tunes i can remember ben morrison brown eyed girl everybody's singing along for the shalalas nice and, uh, all of all of those types of things so that that ends up being kind of formative and then when you put a bit of the the formal education with the the choir mm-hmm. you start to be able to learn to read a little bit of music understand yeah. how it kind of comes together but again at that time it's mostly training your ear so are your kids surrounded by it? i'm assuming i love watching your kids i first of all i can't believe how fast time has flown and how grown up and, and gorgeous they both are um but yeah are they are they into music too they're all into lots of things but is music a thing for them yeah you know what I'm, I'm fortunate because you know kate and i like most parents kind of do the spaghetti parenting thing where we just chuck it all at the wall yeah. and just see what uh what sticks and um they're both playing guitar right now oh wonderful um, so thomas is is really quite good nice. um you know sadie this is her first year of guitar but she was playing piano prior to that so she has a really great uh basic knowledge but i will say when we're in the car we're jamming I love for the it. most part like we're just you know they'll make up little rhymes they'll make up tunes Yay. uh right now i mean if we're not listening to uh to the beatles which is uh you know thomas's favorite jam which is awesome so cool. we're listening to uh disney stuff uh like Great. phineas and ferb have you uh, have you I seen phineas and seen ferb? that one wow what a tremendous show yeah. about the two step brothers and a, a platypus who's a secret agent nice. so if you get a chance it's really good but the music in it is quite phenomenal oh, awesome. and it's it's very heebie-jeebie-esque you know they'll have uh 
you know, they have a rap song called Squirrels in My Pants. <laughs> There you and go. Uh, you know, it's it's really quite a quite a hit in our family. <laughs> so, so, so the nice thing is, you know, uh, there there is music everywhere right That's now, awesome. and, um, and we're having a blast. With That's it. great. When you you started singing as a young boy, so I have to ask a awkward question. So when the transition happened, how was what that transition? for you? What transition? <laughs> Because I have a lot of young, you know, young teens, tweens, yeah. youth students who are who are going through that, and like especially like some kids who have been like just living large in the young Canadians, and then suddenly it's like it's happening. Oh, I know, and it's, and like, it's just like I have no control. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, anything that I, everybody thinks that they sound a little foreign, right? Mm-hmm. When you when you leave a voicemail message or something and you hear it back, right. you're just like, that's not me. Yeah, yeah. Right? I sound totally different than that because the resonance in your head. But this is like beyond that yeah. where, you know, you just you don't trust anything that's coming out of your mouth. Oh. So the interesting thing for me is I actually have a story about, uh, you know, this is how I define puberty mm-hmm. as uh, as an early ACDC fan. And uh, a shout out to ACDC because their new album just what? came out. And, I, know. Uh, I just think they're doing some great, great stuff yeah. right now. So um, but we had a band uh, that was in the whatever our uh, talent show in nice. junior high was and I would have been in grade seven going into grade eight yeah. and uh, we actually did a pretty comparable version of shook me all night long nice uh, and it was it was great but uh, you know it was one of those things that nobody had access to a lot of the equipment that we need so right. the night before was the time that we actually put it together and we put it together in my friend Joe's basement because he was the drummer and you can't move the drums. Right. Right. So we're in Joe's basement and everybody's got their stuff plugged in and they're, you know, wailing away and everyone's just like, but nobody has a mic. Oh my gosh. Right. And so you're just like, you know, and it's ACDC. She was a fast machine. She, you know, and you're just right in on that. That's a darn good ACDC. Yeah. So you do that for a couple of hours and that, you know, that gives you a little bit, uh, yeah. a little bit of, uh, you know, sore throat. And then you go in the next day and then, uh, then shows on. And I can remember what we hadn't really worked out that night was the ending mm-hmm. of the song. Right. Cause you know, once you get to the guitar solo, everybody sort of falls off and then you're just like, yeah, and then we'll do the chorus yeah. and it'll and be then it'll end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something, <laughs> will, something happen. will happen. Right? Yeah. We'll and uh, so we got to the end of the song. And I can remember you had the whole gym and everybody's kind of rocking out, kind of actually going, geez, this is pretty good for a bunch nice. of grade eights, right? Nice. And uh, and one grade nine, we had a ringer. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> and, you know, and he was he was wailing away on the solo and it was awesome, right? And you've got that, you sure you really should me now. And you know that big note at the end, right? And I'm sorry, I haven't warmed up. That's quite acceptable. It's but, but it was like morning. that, right? But the worst part is, I think they all cut out about you know two measures, two and a half measures earlier. You yeah. know, everyone sort of staggered out, and so it was me on this note, and then a huge crack. So it's long, and that is what echoed in the gym, and it came back to me, and I could remember going, "Oh, good God." I need to hide. I need to cry. Oh, I need to get heart. off the stage. We are done here. Yeah, yeah. You know, my AC, my touring days with ACDC are over. And the worst part, it was it was so cinematic. Right. You know, this is one of those you know, 
stand by me moments where it's just like, remember when your voice changed? Yeah, it, it changed on stage. <laughs> anyway, so that was that was the moment of voice change for me. But um, I had uh, I had left the choir. Mm-hmm. And so the nice thing is I, I ended up taking a bit of a break through junior high school uh, with any formal stuff. And I think half of that was was because I didn't feel confident with that. But it also meant that I, you know, I was pursuing a couple other things. I was nice. doing a bit of acting and you, you throw yourself into that a little bit, playing a bit of guitar, threw yourself yeah. into that a little bit. And then when I got to high school again, that's when uh, I had a, a wonderful teacher, David Ferguson, um, nice. who basically said, yeah, I think you kind of got something here. And he said, would you like to come to a rehearsal with the choir at Mount Royal? Excellent. And so, you know, I went to this Monday night rehearsal and the minute you hear this four part harmony, you're just like, oh, I have to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a really cool sound. It really is. And so I did a little bit of that through high school. And then, you know, that's how you end up meeting a couple of these people in the community. Mm-hmm. Then you get into university and everyone's just sort of like, well, we got to do something. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's put a band together. Love it. Yeah. So good. So not only do you have your fantastic singing, your music, you also do a ton, obviously, of voiceover stuff. Tell me a bit about that. How did you get into the voiceover stuff and how did you discover all these sounds your voice can make i think for a lot of people a lot of people come into voiceover going you know it's great because i teach these classes now and people come in and go i have 64 voices i'm just like oh well give me number 38 you know (laughs) i I don't know what to do with that yeah but you know i in a lot of circumstances i um I don't know. So I'm going to, I'll answer both of your questions here. So one of them is how do I come up with the voices? Christopher Walken did an incredible interview one time that really inspired me. And it was when he was doing Catch Me If You Can. Did you see that show? Yeah. Oh, so good. I loved it. And he was brilliant in it. So was Tom Hanks. So was Leo DiCaprio. I mean, it was just, it was a marvelous, marvelous film. So I was really kind of fired up at that point. But um, he always said when he gets cast in something, what he'll do is he'll cast the person that he thinks would be great in the role Mm -hmm. and he impersonates them and he's such a horrible impersonator that whatever comes out ends up being very authentic yeah but that's that's kind of the mindset that i do take with it where it's just like you know you go to these comic cons because i i I voice a lot of uh cartoons and video games and that type of thing and i'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second but when you go to these things everyone's just like oh, how did you come up with that voice? And you're just like, well, it's kind of me younger if you kind of maybe took 20 pounds off running away from a T-Rex, right? <laughs> As you do. And it, it, like, it's just like uh, with the essence of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, I know that we just lost uh, Alex Trebek mm-hmm. uh, just this past week and, you know, just an incredible guy, incredible Canadian. But what what was interesting about him is, is watching people impersonate him. Right. right because will ferrell's impersonation of him on saturday night yeah, live yeah. was not an impersonation at all right it was just in the style of yes yes so every time that everyone would be like oh do your alex trebek it's awesome yeah well it's really not awesome as an impersonation right you know it's just uh, embodying the style of so that's how i end up working in a lot of you know voiceover capacities because i can right. play certain characters within that range Right. in the style of yeah 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 so 
And how I figured that out or how I uh, found my way into it, I fell into voiceover nice. uh, because, you know, you do a little bit of acting training. I actually took my English degree, but uh, they couldn't keep me off the stage. <laughs> and uh, I went back and, uh, you know, like I really tried to kick the performer out of me at the beginning of university, kind of going, well, now it's time to focus up. Like everybody's yeah, parents yeah. say, let's get a real job. And, you know, yeah. but I was just like, oh, they're doing a little bit of Shakespeare and I kind of got the part. So uh, maybe I'll pursue that a little bit. Um, and I had a very influential instructor who uh dr barry eiserif who said yeah if you want to do your masters i would uh you know i'd support that I and it. i was just like really you, you know and i you know this is me coming out of an english degree so going well i have no plans for the next couple of years so i was you know enrolled in my master's for the next couple of years so i really lived in that that world of fine arts which was great but to do this you end up um you know trying to get into film like everybody who has an acting uh, right you know passion yeah, yeah. and uh in between film auditions you'd get the occasional oh here's a voiceover audition I'm like oh oh okay well since I had a bit of a music background uh since I had recorded a little bit I was comfortable in the studios mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh I think that that made me jump the queue right um for you know consideration after that and from there it became kind of essentially my bread and butter for the next 15 to 20 years. Love it. I love it. What's been your favorite voiceover gig? Oh yeah. So uh, flat out Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of one of those marquee things growing up. I was a huge star Wars fan yeah. and, uh, and the like, and uh, just out of the blue, because I put together um, some demos with a few other local voice talents mm -hmm. and, uh, and we'd pushed it out uh, to studios across North America we get a random call from Atlanta nice. and um, they just said, Hey, I heard your, uh, you know, heard your demo and you can do sort of an English, you can do a Scottish. Could you do a Ewan McGregor? So and I, it was at the time that, you know, I, I had purchased uh, what train spotting. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I, you know, I got train spotting. I'll, I'll take a listen to it. When do you need it by? Give me yeah, a week, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of get the accent down. And they're just like, no, 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 no. Well, we need you to do Ewan McGregor, but uh british yeah and you're just like hold on a second i i, I know one film that he's in where he, you know what i mean yeah, so you yeah. start getting excited because no one's going to tell you it's star wars that's so and cool. um the worst part is when you're called back then it's just like they're they're just like yeah this is for obi-wan kenobi here are the sides here's the attack of the clone script that nobody's seen yet and um can you try to match this and see what you can put together for this and then you want it yeah, then you're yeah. just like oh my goodness if i could be part of that star wars universe this would be incredible so anyway it was a it was a great day when i uh when i landed the role and um there was talk of uh bringing me down to skywalker ranch uh Ooh. which just would have been a dream come true but uh they found out that it's uh you know, I guess with union agreements and stuff, they would have had to pay me the minute I left, okay. and pay me, you know, until I got back to Canada. Right. So it was a lot easier for them to send a producer up and right. um, and do it in a, a local studio. Mm -hmm. So we did that. We actually booked a, a session for eight or ten hours, and I was, you know, I was ready. I was zoned. I had visualized. I had put this all together, and we actually ended up recording the whole thing in under two hours. What? Then we took a lunch break, and uh, and the guy went off to Banff. So. You know, it was, That's it was great. And then, then he, you know, he called in, you know, six or eight weeks later to do a couple of pickups yeah, uh, yeah. as they had put some more of the game together. But uh, I always talk about John Lithgow in Shrek. I remember when Shrek blew up Yeah. Uh, and then he did the, uh, the press junket and they're just like, what was it like working on Shrek? He was like, 
It was just a wonderful afternoon. <laughs> yes. You know, because that's, you know, his character probably had six pages of lines yeah, tops yeah, and yeah. Uh, they brought him in and then it was four years of uh, animating after that. So right. you wait a little bit and then uh, then you get to see it. So they, they shipped me a copy and I've never, uh, I like voicing games. I'm not a good gamer okay. um, to, to play them. Right, um, right. And actually the funniest thing was uh, I was living with the heebie-jeebies at the time, and we had a projector. Just, so we, that's just a whole world of I, yeah, I know, hey. going on <laughs> it, here it now. <laughs> so we had a projector on a wall, and so we had people over going, hey, Johnny's Game came out, blah, 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 you want to hear this or whatever. Obi-Wan's not there for the first bit, so we had to get somebody to play it for you know the first couple of levels <laughs> to get there. And in truth, watching this thing happen uh, on this huge wall, I got a little motion sick. Oh, yeah. I actually had to yeah. sit out in the next room until my character appeared. So yeah, I don't I don't know if I was the hardiest Obi Wan Kenobi, but uh, pleased to be part of that universe. So sure. good, so good. Um, the other thing too is uh, Hebe Jeebe. So I wrote a tune called "Use the Force," and it's been uh, oh yeah 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 been big for us. And just prior to that, it was the number one illegally downloaded song when that Phantom Menace came out. I don't know if that was two thousand one wow. or something like that, but. That's you know, so cool. we were ripped off most of anyone in the musical world uh, right. for that one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So the nice thing, though, was uh, was I was able to give the director a CD copy to bring to George Lucas. And that's he heard it and enjoyed it and didn't sue. Uh, that's that's what I was going to ask. Like, he heard it, enjoyed it, and then the letter came? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The letter never like, came. I don't know if John Williams heard it, but we only used a portion of his. <laughs> Very, very cool. So what are you working on at the moment? What's going on? Because you, you do training for voiceover work, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. We uh, we have a company called Toonbox. I run that with my buddy Brad Belden. Nice. And we, we try to get everybody trained up and ready to, to tackle it. Because as you know, one of the things that's really tough for people is going from singing in their shower mm-hmm. or singing in their car to singing in front of an audience or singing in their ears. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You sound different and you you react differently to a microphone and the proximity and that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so people need to get used to it because a lot of people are just, you know, they're looking for opportunities right. to get into that world. But you, you realize that the training is part of it and mm-hmm. just finding comfort with that and finding comfort with how your voice sounds um, to others yeah. and starting to look at your voice and listen to it the way others hear it. Yes. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to to focus what your marketing is on that or focus Amazing. what your business plan is on that. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about, you know, fine tuning the, the voice and the craft that way. It's trying to figure out where you fit in in a bigger picture. Yeah, the big picture. Because that's something that, like going right back to the beginning of our conversation, why I was comfortable walking into that voice booth with you or that radio, that booth, because it's funny, actually, I was digging through some old stuff and I found the photos of the home where I grew up, which was a recording studio. And the like 1982 photo of the, the control room where I sang my first song when I was like three with my grandmother acting out the words so I could remember them. And yep. I, like that was my home and that's my my safe space. Like if there's any room that I could ever walk into ever and be like, ah. <sighs> It's a control room in a recording studio. Isn't it true? And there's an energy to it. Yes. Right? There's an energy to it and there's a calm to it. 
But there's also that kind of crackly undertone of the energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. There's just so much potential in all of it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just it's a sense of calm whenever I get into that type of thing. It's so good. And and for some people, like you just mentioning, if you're not used to it, if you've never been in front of a microphone with your headphones on, so that could spin you right out. No matter if you do have 36 or 74 voices put them in the situation to use that and it's like all the other distractions and diversions are going on and it all goes up in goes the air up for sure yeah yeah so i you love that. so now here's a quick question so yeah. i know that you've just done boatloads of singing have you ever have you ever voiced uh well i know you've voiced commercials <laughs> have you ever voiced any adr stuff any no, dubbing no i think you'd be very good at that well thank you i think we might have talk. to have a little chit chat absolutely absolutely <laughs> But yeah, you know, and and I mean, you know, the the range of stuff that you're doing with your students. What yes. uh, what styles and genres of music are you uh, currently working on? It's it's so cool because I have like obsessively focused my passion on the voice as opposed yep. to singing songs. Yeah. So I have students that come to me and they're like, I want to be able to sing this. I'm like, that's great. We can spend as much time as you want on that song, but wouldn't you like to learn how to play your instrument yeah and then it's like and then tomorrow you can go rock the living daylights out of a country tune or sing some acdc or go yeah. join an acapella group so it's like let me show you how to use your instrument it's like giving someone a guitar and saying no that's only that's only uh you know you can only play eagles songs on that guitar or this piano yeah, that's will right. only do or giving someone a violin and saying you know yeah that's just a fiddle yeah yeah right? that's you can yeah. only well, and I think that that's, I mean, that's so important in all yes. of this, because I think you and I have had similar paths in that, you know, when you get bits of training in different genres and different aspects mm -hmm. of, of working your, uh, your instrument, yes. then you can choose from all of those tools to see how, uh, how it all works. I'll give you exactly. an example. Um, just yesterday and uh, two days prior, we did... Um, uh, I had to cast and direct a commercial or a jingle okay. for TSN. Okay. And cool. it was, uh, you know, like everybody, it was a version of We Wish You a Merry Christmas, right, but we right. had to get a thick, rich choral tone mm -hmm. for a lot of that. And that's something that, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily come naturally to me, but if I'm acting, yes. I can, you yes. know, bring that to it because I have elements of that aspect to my voice. Yes that I can call upon at that yeah. time. Filling the toolkit, man. It's like whether you're going to sing sing like Aerosmith or Journey or ACDC, like just learn the techniques so that when you want them, you've got them. Okay, give me give me a couple of vocal heroes. Vocal Pretty heroes? Good. Oof. You. Oh, you know what? It's so funny. I was obsessed with Jewel, like Sheryl Crow, number one. Yes, she's my girl. That's great. Um, I was Have obsessed you seen her live? Many times. Yeah. Oh. And she's a tremendous guitarist. Yes. I was not uh, ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't market that. Same no. thing with Feist. What yes. a tremendous guitarist. Yes. Unbelievable. Incredible. Anyway, yeah. Seen Cheryl quite a few times, and we'll go. We'll go anywhere to go see Cheryl Crow. Um, Paula Cole, underrated. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But phenomenal vocal, and. Uh, my husband Jason made me sit down and watch some old Jewel concerts the other day and he was like, are you really that obsessed with her still? And now as a vocal coach, I listen back and I, cause I always used to think she does all these crazy things with her voice and all that stuff, but love it or hate it. She's not afraid to go there. She'll make some 
crazy noises. So I well, she that. yeah, and she has her own style, mm-hmm. and you you realize too that if you have if you have the gift of your own style with yes. that, and I you know I'll cite someone like Sarah McLaughlin yeah. as a yeah, great yeah. example too, where it's just like you know, it felt like she was in vogue for a little bit, but uh, but she still has that style. She rocks right. that style exactly. from a voiceover perspective. You know, I mean. You've got the Jeff Goldblums. Yes. I mean, he just has a rhythm and a cadence and a, you know, that's just totally unique and different and it, it can't blend in. Totally. And that's okay. Totally. And it's awesome. And that's what I also say to the students too. They're like, I want to sound like this, this or this. I'm like, the reason you want to sound like them is because they're unique. So why not be you? What's, yeah, like, exactly. Have other people be like, I want to sound like this person because they sound unique. You don't, you don't need 27 Sarah McLaughlin. She's got that market covered. That's right. You know, one of my favorite exercises that I'll, I'll tell everybody in um, when they're doing Toonbox stuff is from an acting perspective, I've got sort of two favorite actors that have kind of been with me for 20 years. Right. One of them is Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. One of them is Gary Oldman. Okay. So they, they were both in Air Force One together. Yeah, yeah. It's an okay film, <laughs> but it's one of my favorites because it pairs two of my favorite right. actors. But I always say um, everybody comes into this wanting to be Gary Oldman, yeah, right? Yeah. They want to be so so much of a chameleon that they they're lost in every role. You right. can't tell one role from the other, and and all of that. But not everybody has that gift. Yeah, yeah. But on the other side, you've got Harrison Ford, who no one wants to be anyone but Harrison Ford. The minute he throws on a hint of an accent in like the Russian sub movie K-19 and stuff. And, you know, everyone's just like, I don't want to, you know, in 42, he throws on a bit of a, you know, and you're just like, no, I I just want him to be Indiana Jones as the president. I want him to be Indiana Jones as whatever, right? So I always say, if you can't be Gary Oldman, Mm -hmm. and occasionally there's somebody who can, be Harrison Ford. Right. Yeah. Because he's done okay. Yeah, he's doing all right. Yep, yep. You know? So true. It's so, so true. And that's the toughest thing to embrace because when you come from, um, I guess, an audition-based industry where, uh, you know, our goal Mm -hmm. is to sound like whatever the client has in their head. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, A lot of people don't uh, tweak their brain to the opportunity of, maybe I can change what's in their head for the better yeah, with yeah. A, a committed performance. Yes. And Ooh, what I bring I to the mic. That. I love that. Jonathan, is there anywhere you would like me to send people to follow the heebie-jeebies or the Toonbox or anything? What are the best ways for oh, people yeah. to get in touch? Well, you know, I guess heebie-jeebies is probably easiest and, uh, you know, anything else can go from there. But uh, I think most of our handles are at HBJBS. Okay. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll have some stuff coming out at Christmas. I know that, uh, Toonvox, we're having a bit of a, you know, a hiatus, yeah. um, with any of our in-person stuff. Cause I, you know, we feel that the training is very important to have people in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're dealing with ADR, we're trying to match performance to picture. Right. And that's something that's very hard to do in this type of capacity yeah. over a zoom call or, or whatever, yeah. whereas a lot of other coaching can be done that way. So yes. we're, we're trying to branch out. And when that happens, I'll, uh, I'll send you something so you can send your folks. I love it. I love it. Oh, Jonathan. So good to hang out and chat with you. I love it. I love it. Just well, 
Thank so you for good. this, Emma. Oh, thank you. Like, uh, like Great. I said, I wanted to wear my green card shirt, but I don't think, uh, how, how old is that shirt? It's okay that it doesn't fit these days. It, it is okay. Yes. I was going to say, <laughs> I would also not fit in the green card shirt that I would have worn on that day. So, <laughs> but I so still have it. I should frame it. I was going to say, we're both growing as performers. There, yeah, we right? go in all avenues. <laughs> I was going to say, I think there's a spot on the wall behind there you. If you is, want to frame there it is. and put I it up. It I think that would probably be the best way for it to, uh, to be showcased. <laughs> Thanks again so much to the amazing Jonathan Love for joining me on the Rock Your Voice podcast today. It was so great to catch up. Uh, so please do go check out everything that the heebie-jeebies are up to and show them some love. And we'll be back with more on the Rock Your Voice podcast soon. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow Rock Your Voice podcast on social media. And if you're interested in learning a bit more about the voice and getting some singing tips and tricks, check out Rocket Vocal Studios on social media as well. That's R-O-C-K-I-T Vocal Studios. And you can visit rocketvocalstudios.com for lots more too. Thanks again. And we'll be back on the Rock Your Voice podcast very, very soon.